The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Repack. I'm Justice Mosqueda. No, no, uh, Evan Tex Western this week. Um, he was busy watching the game with a former APC writer and podcaster, uh, Tyler Brook. Um, didn't want to record after, uh, after that game. I was gonna have maybe Charles McDonald on. He was like, Do I really have to talk about this game? Um, <laughs> I said, I said, no. People have harassed me. In uh, my Twitter mentions since, uh, you know, asking where, where's the repack, where's the repack, where's the repack. So I decided to bring in um, my buddy, Keegan Abdu from Next Gen Stats. Say what's to the people, Keegan. How we doing, Packers Nation? We're doing horrible. But here's the thing. Um, I was told I'm being too negative on the Tuesday shows where we talk about, you know, what happened with the team and all that stuff, you know, post game. Um, so I wanted to start with something positive. I want to start start with something positive before we get into the negatives. Um, Next Gen Stats just put out a article last week, if I'm looking at this right. It would have been yep. last Thursday. Next Gen Stats, Introduction to Pressure Probability. This is something really interesting that you guys are doing. Um, if you're not familiar with Next Gen Stats, they've been around since 2017. Um, it's the shoulder pad chips, which sometimes i think it's good sometimes i think it's bad i think this stuff is is interesting though this is um it says it's inspired by several submissions from the big data bowl which is kind of you know the you guys just kind of throw out a little bit of data to people yeah. and see you know what what they can work with what they can do with it um so can you talk about that a little bit yeah definitely so this past year the 2023 big data bowl the theme was pass rush uh, and pass blocking so um there was a bunch of great entries uh and they all presented or the finalists presented at the uh combine this year with our friend ben solak as one of the judges um that's what but, it was. yeah uh so we kind of read through a bunch of those took what we liked out of that um and kind of wrote up the specs for what we were looking for in a pressure probability model a blocking matchup model and a pass rusher and pass blocker identification model um, and handed that off to the Amazon Machine Lear- Learning Lab, uh, Machine Learning Solutions Lab. Sorry, um, got to get and- the solutions in there. Exactly. Uh, I think they changed their name again, but whatever. Um, yeah. So they, uh, you know, we iterated, had weekly meetings with them, and then they finally handed off these final models in about July. We've spent the past two months validating picking out thresholds like adjusting some weights to these models to try and make this as accurate as possible 
um, done a lot of QA work and stuff. And then we've worked a lot on, you know, productionizing our great engineering team, you know, adding productionizing all these uh, models in the back end so they can be calculated in real time. Um, and, you know, for us, like building out dashboards, building out the specs for the APIs that, you know, that will become available to all of our broadcast uh partner. So you'll see it on TV. And I'm sure you saw last night, the main next gen stats execution was about how Jordan Love was under a ton of pressure uh, and every Packers lineman allowed a pressure. So uh, basically our our buddy, Sam Schwartzstein, every time he cut into, uh, I call it the nerd cast. I keep forgetting what it's called. Um, Prime vision, prime vision, prime vision, Uh, which is, which is a good product. Um, Sam Schwartzstein kept, kept popping in and just being like, this is this hasn't happened to Jordan Love before. This is yep. crazy. This is yep. crazy. He's getting pummeled. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. I'm on. I'm on a Slack with Sam during all those games, helping him out. So we we have a great relationship, just like you guys worked together back in the XFL days. But um, it's working yes. Stanford this week, so I've been harassing him. Oh, Rem- remind him if you see that score that Stanford. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be an ugly one. What do you think? What do you think is more ugly? That game. Or last week's uh, pummeling of Dion in Colorado. Oh, they wanted to destroy Dion. Yeah, yeah. They, they wanted to destroy Dion. Yeah. I I do think it's funny. Uh, Sam has been on the show a couple of times, so you guys might find find this a little interesting. Uh Sam was coping so hard that he at one point said Condoleezza Rice was going to use the endowment to start paying football players on the phone call with me. This was you know before before the game leading up to Thursday night football. So he's coping hard. I love it. Go Ducks. Uh beat Stanford. Um how so, good is Rashawn Gary? Yeah. So numbers? let me talk a little bit more about pressure probability. Basically, like Go the on. idea now is that before we were just using it distance based. Did you get within two yards of the quarterback? So what yeah. the, what ends up happening there is guys like Kyler Murray, who are very good at, you know reacting and can get away from guys very quickly because of how twitchy he is like he would always have a very low pressure rate but he was kind of always under pressure so what this model does now is we can look temporally like when does pressure happen how does it evolve over the course of a drop back and like from a magnitude standpoint we're also taking into account how the quarterback is reacting to it so you know if the quarterback starts running away because there's a guy coming towards him but he never got within two yards that will now be counted as pressure where in before we were missing out on those kind of hurries. Um, so we have a lot of cool new stats now and Rashawn Gary uh, really sticks out in almost all of them. Um, this year, you know, coming off the ACL injury, he's been on a snap count uh, and almost been used as like a situational pass rusher, but he's yeah. generated at least three pressures and a 20% pressure rate in every game, despite only playing 26% of snaps. Um, he's played 26 of 30 snaps on third and long and over half of the snaps have come on third down. So he's definitely, you know, being able to rush in favorable situations, just be able to pin his ear back and just demolish right tackles. Um, but he leads the NFL in pressure rate, 28.1%. And he leads the NFL in this new stat peak pressure probability. So on every play, the peak of his pressure probability on average is about 50%, which is pretty crazy. Um And there's another new stat that we have called positive rush rate. So basically we have at snap what the pressure expected pressure probability is based on your alignment. Um, And what positive rush rate does is it takes the average pressure probability over the course of a dropback and says, did you create more pressure than 
you were expected to based on your alignment. Um, and NFL average is about 53%. Uh, over his career, he ranks fourth in the NFL. He's behind Alex Highsmith, Khalil Mack, Von Miller. And the crazy thing about Rashawn Gary, he's gotten better every single fucking year. Pressure rate and sack rate have increased all five years of his career, including career highs this year. He's looking great this year. I mean, yeah. that's one thing that they can hang their hat on is kind of him and Kenny Clark. I know, um, I'm not sure if you worked with this, but um, I know Sam chimed in at one point during the game. I gave him that one, yeah. The, the Kenny Clark one? Yeah. yeah, where he's he's like, Kenny Clark got, it was it was something like, he was Kenny Clark got double teamed like six, yeah. two-thirds of his uh, snaps at that point. It was a career, or the highest that we had going back to 2018 in a game for Kenny. Yeah, um, so they what they must have just been shading the the center and guard yeah. toward him in, in protection and stuff. Like and that. he's playing a lot more three tech this year than he is. Yep. Uh, does. Yeah, um, I think he's increased. Well, at least heading into the game, his rate increased to like forty three percent three tech, where last year it was more like thirty percent. Um, but I got to ask you, like, have you heard anything about like if Rashawn's going to be? Gary's going to like turn into a full-time player anytime soon. Like I know they're obviously easing him back in with the torn ACL, but like, when are they going to trust him with, you know, 70% of the pass rush, uh, the overall snaps compared to 26% what he's playing right now. <laughs> well, um, so they talk about being easy on him. Right. Yeah. But I think the fact that he was able to hold up, uh, you know, with a four day turnaround to be able to play Thursday night is a good sign. I think it's something like the Packers have like one game in the next 22 days or something like that. Right. Uh, because they play Monday night football and then they have a bye week before they play the Broncos. So oh, wow. I, I would assume that by that Broncos game, he's probably going to be in a good spot. Um, the other thing, little, little birdies are telling me the Brinks truck is coming. The Brinks truck is in motion for really? Sean Gary. I don't, I don't know the figures yet. Um, but nice. The Brinks truck is coming. So. Good. He You're from Jersey, right? Oh yeah, he's Jersey's he's Paramus Catholic. He went to the high school in the town next to me. Jabril was there at the same time as him. Both yep. went to Michigan. Um, I actually played against Jabril in high school. Uh, Rashawn Gary was a little bit younger, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, how'd, nice how'd that go? Powerhouse. Playing Jabril. What? Uh, I was not good enough to see the field in that game, but one of my friends <laughs> tackled him. Uh, there was also when the Giants played. When the Giants won the Super Bowl, uh, we we went to New York City for the Victory Day Parade, skipped school, and then uh, came back, and our basketball game was against Don Bosco, which is where Jabril Peppers played at the time. And usually Don Bosco, like, it's a really good team. I thought I was not going to play. Again, I was not a great athlete. Uh, turned into a blowout, so they threw me in, and I was guarding Jabril Peppers in the post, and that did not go well. <laughs> I got hurdled by Colayla is my claim to fame. And I yeah. blocked Oa or Osa Oa. Oa. Osa is the younger one. Oa Odugazua. Oh, um, nice. A couple plays. Hung on to my life, dude. Yeah. Hung on hung on for life. Osa's um, having a crazy year right now. Crazy. Yeah. Or, Oregon's finest. I think he Osa was a kid who I remember them always saying Osa was gonna be the best one. Because he was so advanced when he was so young. And I think – I'm pretty sure Osa was the one who went, like, undefeated in wrestling all four years. Wow. Like, state champion, just, like, ran ran through the entire time. 
Um, he's a defensive lineman for the Cowboys, by the way. Yeah, um, as far as he ranks top three in pressure rate and is being double teamed to fuck on with all their yeah. games, that kind of you know leads to that with our uh model, but yeah, as far as this pressure prediction stuff do you, can it be like reverse engineered for the offensive line the Packers offensive line yes. was terrible last night yes so uh we now have blocking matchups it's a whole different model and then we can assign pressure to um offensive pass blockers based on who they matched up with and based on the that's uh, pass awesome. blocker. so yeah. you already said two things that um there was a point in time where I trained to be a charter for pro football focus Mm-hmm. It was right before I got the XFL gig. So I went through all the training and then like literally the week that I was going to start doing it, Eric Galco, who now runs the Tron game was like, yo, you want to run a league together? I was like, yes, absolutely. Sure. Let's go do it. Um, But when I was doing that stuff, and I don't think I'm like breaking my NDA by saying any, uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> you, you smile. Uh, the the two things I struggled with from an offensive line, defensive line perspective was always this doesn't account for the matchups, right? This doesn't account for the matchups. And then uh, the second one was like, really like what, what is a pressure, right? Like mm-hmm. what, like where do you draw that line? And, you know, yep. you guys, you guys have kind of worked around those two problems, which I think is really cool. Right. And, you know, like pressure charting is always going to be subjective. Like, yeah hurries and stuff like there's a lot of plays where you look at it and it's like it could be it could not be like there's a gray area yeah but i think with this model trained on it like ninety thousand plays or whatever i think it's getting closer to being a very objective metric and i i'm loving the results so far so and especially being able to finally talk about offensive linemen like yeah. it's been really freeing for the stuff that we can give to broadcast and what we can add to a broadcast you know all those sky cam breakdowns of you know tj watt versus i don't know orlando brown or whatever it might be like we can now tell you hey they matched up 14 times and watt got six pressures like it's awesome it's it's really good stuff now if you want to talk about packers offensive line they were doing great heading into last night oh last amazing night. i i think you guys jinxed it yeah you guys you guys at pff all jinxed it where you're like they've they've played perfect um so, left side of the offensive line, banged up. You got Bakhtiari, which we won't get into because I don't want to get you on your <laughs> there. Um, but Rasheed Walker allowed yep. – uh, and Royce Newman have allowed 12 pressures apiece this year, both over t- uh, 10%. Elton Jenkins, you know, the backup uh, – or not the backup, the starting left guard who has been injured. He's allowed just one pressure on 40 pass blocking snaps, so that's 2.5%. It'd be really nice to have him back um, yeah. on your on your squad. The other side, the rest of the line though, has been great. Um, I'd say Myers fifth in pressure rate, three point four percent among centers. Really, and Zach Tom, even after last night, still ranks fourth. He headed into last night leading all right tackles. Even after last night, he's at five point four percent, which is fourth uh, fourth best among right tackles. So the right side of the line had a bad game. Yeah, and it was uncharacteristically bad, right? right? Where you know Newman, you you he's he's gonna specifically on stunts and stuff like that. Like he's just gonna yep. turn guys loose sometimes. Um, but the right side of the line was banged up. Um, you know, John Runyon Jr. This is a kind of an injury update. We just got news of this today. You know, he got his ankle taped up and stuff like that. They were showing that on the broadcast. Um, he's in a walking boot today in the locker room. 
So he was playing through some injury there, and they they he were allowed that first that uh, first sack to Hutch on the first drive yeah. on that game. Um, yeah, so damn, that, who's the backup right guard if they have to replace him? The backup right guard would have been Newman, okay. but he but he's having to play left guard. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be Zach Tom, but he's having to play right tackle injured with a knee injury he got hurt at the end i didn't of, know he had a knee injury too he got hurt right before the kneel downs against the okay. um and then the next guy up after that would have been sean ryan from ucla who uh didn't play last year i don't think he's taken yeah he still hasn't taken a single regular season snap um on the offense he played one special team snap as a rookie and that's it he was uh yeah i mean they're just we're so thin on offensive yeah. line depth. Um, and you guys had one of the deepest offensive lines entering the league or entering the season, right? Like, when your right side is playing like, injured, though, and your left side yeah. is already out of no, the game, it, it gets wiped out quick. Yeah. Well, hopefully that one game in 22 days will get you guys right by the time the bye week comes. Because, I mean, just in general, this team's been decimated with injuries. Yep. Max Crosby, man. Max Crosby's the guy who's already worrying me with the yeah. Raiders stuff. I'm like, Max Crosby and Devontae might be enough. Against this young Bonte team. revenge game. Oof. Uh, Rich Bisaccio revenge, revenge game. Corey, How dare you? Corey, uh, Valentine and, and Valentine. Yeah. Valentine boys. Yeah, that was interesting. That, that was one I wasn't expecting. Valentine ended up playing with a biceps injury. Um, but then he got pulled. And what LaFleur said was that they liked Valentine more once they got into, like, a, the Lions are going to run the ball type mm. of situation. And that's why they made that switch. Because um, I, I was rewatching the game last night at like midnight or something like that after we got all the work done. Um, and I was like, I, I wonder why he got benched because I couldn't remember him. How many targets do you guys have Valentine down for? Because I think I only saw one, if I remember correctly, and it wasn't even like a big play. So I was like, he must, he, his bicep must have. Val- Valentine or Valentine? Valentine with a V. Valentine, we had two targets for. Two. Yeah. Uh, Valentine was not targeted. Yeah. Yeah. So like Valentine clearly wasn't benched for performance. They were just kind of getting ahead of it, I guess. Um, That's interesting that Myers grades so well as a pass protector for you guys. I'm not surprised by that because he is a pretty good pass protecting center, but Packers fans are not happy with what he's done in the run game this year. Run game has struggled. If you want to get into (laughs) the AJ Dillon note I got for you. Let's Uh, go. Let's do it. I mean, so I was, I was on a radio show earlier. Um, they they knew about my Plodzilla, uh what? joke. Uh, they they one upped it with um, uh, the Plod Father. They called him the Plod Father. <laughs> that, I so think that might be that's 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 where we're at with AJ Dillon right now. So last year, both him and Jones ranked in the top five of rushing success rate. Yeah, this year. 31.8%. He's dropped 15 percentage points, ninth lowest in the NFL among guys with 25-plus uh, carries. And, again, I don't think it's all his fault. Again, offensive line injuries definitely are not helping. Yeah. And not having Aaron Jones to be like to be like a change-up back, to be a lead back, it's it's a little bit different, you know. But um, not something you want to see. Not something you want to see. Not firmly not good. Can yeah. we get the names of the guys with more carries who are, who are doing worse? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, I can t- name off the top of my head, like Jameer Gibbs is definitely Gibbs. down there. Yeah, I mean, he's been super inefficient. I mean, he has an explosive. He hasn't, he hasn't played enough for me to make a judgment off of him, honestly. They seem 
totally content with him being the number two back there in Detroit right now. So if we're talking Montgomery was the guy who was, you know, carrying the rock last night. All right. So how, let's see, Dylan has had 44 carries. We'll go 40 carries as the minimum. And Damian Pierce, who's just not talking about offensive having, line injuries. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Ford. Okay. <laughs> and Miles Sanders are the four below him with 40 plus carries. 40 plus. Also, J- Jacobs hasn't been. Jacobs struggled. I mean, again, I think that's, it's a weird, another weird offensive line where like they've been very solid in pass protection, but brutal in, uh, in run blocking. Some good news for Packers fans worrying about, you know, are we going to give up 200 yards on the ground again at some point this season? All right. Well, I mean, the, the Lions were one of the worst rushing teams over the first three weeks Fair. too. I wouldn't uh, hold your breath there. The big, the big thing there, um, I think it was Sam sent it to me, not you. Um, before the Thursday night game, he sent me the packet. Uh, you guys were going to send to the broadcast team, I think. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, you know, the Lions just couldn't run under center this year. It, it was no. all gun run stuff and, yeah, you know they got under center this game. Yes, they did. They, were, I mean, they also had been dealing with some offensive line injuries. I think getting Decker yeah. back really helped. Um, I mean, their left uh, side was banged up. Decker, Decker, Jonah Jackson, and then uh, Vitai was hurt too. Ragnow yeah. was fighting through an injury. Like they were, for some reason, their banged up players looked a whole lot fresher than our banged up players in that game. Tends to happen. How how were you? What what's your like? So you're you said you're you're talking with Sam during this yeah. game. What, what's your like process during these Thursday night games? So basically, we put together a four or five page research packet, which you referenced before for this TNF crew. Um, uh, send out on Monday night after the Monday night game ends, and we can update all the ranks. I meet with Sam for about 30 minutes on Tuesdays. We go over the packet, go over the stuff that he likes the best um, to prep for the rest of his meetings during the week. Um, He'll then talk to Kirk. He'll talk to Whitworth. He'll talk to Fitzpatrick and the whole production crew kind of be our champion for all this, you know, great storylines that we're finding. And then me and Sam again, will huddle up on Thursday before the game kind of break down what Kirk's looking out for, how we he can supplement it. Because uh, the whole idea with his hits during Prime Vision is like Kirk's talking about something, let's supplement it with Sam. And like often it kind of just gets into also what we're seeing and Sam wants to hit. But that's right. kind of the goal with that. Uh, and then during the game, it's me. Um, like we're sending – we have a team now of 13 – uh, research analysts and everyone is on for Thursday night football because of prime vision, because we can get right. so much stuff on there. This is the baby. This is the baby. Yeah. This is you guys oh, yeah. shot to get in front of eyes. So we send a kind of like a fire hose approach to the prime vision broadcast, just throwing everything that we're seeing during the game. We were a little bit more selective with the main broadcast. And then I'm working with Sam and his um, main uh, like guy, Scott Carpin to help him on his hits and like keep update find a storyline keep updating the numbers he'll come in say that and uh you know he he's seeing something hey what do you guys got on this or he's like seeing what we're putting in the channel and like hey i love that one like let's keep updating that and that's how the cookie the process is made the sausage is uh whatever (laughs) what so you're watching this game this was one question sam had 
going into it. And I, I understood it because, you know, this team is so young and stuff like that. He, he was asking me, um, like, he doesn't know what the team's identity is at this point. Uh, and is that something, you know, either with your eyes or what the numbers are like, what, what is this team right now? Cause I don't know what it is, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I, I could talk about the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it's definitely a vertical passing game. Love is averaging the highest a dot in the league at ten, over just over 10 yards. Um, the receivers, the young receivers and the banged up receivers. And I think this is partly, I mean, we talked about this after the saints game, but partly just because love is trusting his guys to win uh 50 50 balls the, the romeo throwing, dobbs peppers yeah, yeah he, he's throwing he's throwing into tight windows on 27 percent of his passes no other quarterbacks above 21 percent. so that's obviously not something you love to see um especially when you don't have like a guy who can consistently win in tight windows i would say there's no mike williams or t higgins on your team um but i would say love in general has been inaccurate and sure you've seen the same thing yeah. but one silver lining, I guess, from last night was his, it was his first game that he completed more passes than expected. So I guess <laughs> that's good. Um, they're using more pre-snap motion than they have in the past, uh, using more pistol. They're ranked fourth in pistol, but they've been really ineffective at a pistol, 2.4 yards per play. I mean, I would assume a lot of that is just the shot plays. I mean, it seems like. Yeah, right. For some reason, they don't want to go under center and run like boot, which yeah. I don't get. They They want to fake inside zone or fake counter or fake, you know, that type of stuff. And then just take big old, big old deep shots downfield. Yeah. Big, big deep shots. And you know, <laughs> there there's, I feel like I've seen like three or four plays where like Musgrave is like making his way down the field, kind of trips a little bit or like love overthrows him, but there's been so many missed opportunities there. And uh, as a big Luke Musgrave fan uh, and owner i've been uh owner in uh fantasy football bought a lot into that after you were telling me how much he was playing this offseason uh it's been a little he's bit still playing a ton he's still he's playing, playing a ton i did you see our tweet yesterday he, yeah he's got that i mean concussion unfortunately but yeah. heading into last night he had the highest snap share of any rookie tight end in our database yeah um, which is i mean crazy because he was talked about i mean he played two games last year and he was talked about as a developmental prospect and stuff. Right. The other guys, Dontavian Wicks, who I got, I got to stop. I think I'm jinxing him at this point. I'm like, he's getting open on film. He's yeah. due for a big week and it's just hasn't happened for a, a full month now. So I don't know what to do there. If, you know what? I'm going to check this right now. If you're saying he's getting open on film, but uh, while I'm, while this is loading, uh, you guys have been explosive at an empty fourth highest rate of empty and averaging 7.7 yards per play. Um, and just like every other Shanahan McVay team that is true to that scheme, you guys are running a bunch of condensed formations, 40, yeah. 41% of plays, 23 yards, 23 and a half yards is your average formation width. but, and you're, and you're talking about, you know, the wide receiver splits and stuff like that with that. Yeah. So basically condensed formations is 23 yards receiver receiver with no receiver, uh, further than 12 yards out from the center. I was actually pulling this. This is actually a fun fact that is totally unrelated to the Packers, but related to that Shanahan McVay tree. Um, in 2016, spread formations accounted for almost half the plays and condensed almost 10%. Mm-hmm. That's There's now more condensed formation plays than there is spread formation plays league-wide. This- I, 
I fully believe that teams are, I mean, the threat of the jet motion, the threat of the end around all that stuff, um, being able to use wide receivers as blockers into the formation and get a hat on a linebacker or a safety, and, that stuff. And how that there. does the inbreakers too. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. it's a, it's a lot of good stuff. All that's, right. That's the game right now. Cause the middle of the field is wide open. I mean, you can't yeah. hit those guys. So like, they're kind of taking advantage of that, you know, unless you're blitzing like crazy. It's funny. Cause um, there were two charts. I was talking with Sam about this and I think you, you, we talked about this earlier in the week too. If you guys go on next gen stats and you look up the passing charts um, for these quarterbacks, I don't think I've seen two more different charts in the sport of football in terms of the spray charts at quarterback than Justin Herbert against the Vikings last week where he was getting blitzed to hell. So all he's doing is spraying it to the sidelines or the Miami dolphins last week when they scored 70 points and everything is just in the middle of the field. I mean, they're really able to take advantage of some of these defenses by just saying like, kind of pick your poison. Okay. You want to blitz? Like we're just going to spray it out. You want to just play coverage like we're going to throw it over the middle of the field because your linebackers aren't going to be able to cover that stuff and your safeties can't come down and knock these guys down and chop them down the same way that like you did in the 90s that kind of dissuaded us from wanting to. I mean, really, it's like an injury risk thing, right? That the middle of the field wasn't right. And now now that's kind of gone. So the middle of the field is the the rule changes. That's actually a really good point. I've never thought about it that way. But as someone who plays Madden a lot. Yeah, there you go. There you I, go. I, the stamina bars, dude. The stamina bars. They go down. What do you got for me on Wix? Do you, is All right. It, open? So, uh, Sam, uh, and Sam, and a few guys on my team, Connor McQuist and Mike Band and myself. Uh, mostly, I would say this is Connor's baby. Uh, after his work in the off season, but we came up with this idea called Prime Targets. So, if you're ever watching the Prime Vision broadcast, when a green circle appears around a receiver based on the logic that we found they have more than a 50% chance of uh, gaining a first down if they were targeted. So basically it's like, are you open? Are you deep enough? And those sort of things. Wix has 16 of his uh, 90 routes this year. He's been a prime target. So that's good. And let's see how that compares to league average at 17.8%. It is, yeah, it's above league average. It's uh, league average is 14%, so 4% higher. I would say that's pretty good. Above average wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks. He has, I got to look it up right now. Um, He has maybe four yards, four yards this season. Uh, 85. Okay, it's a little higher than that. But should be You know who's the king of this stat, though? Is it like Cup or something? It's Jefferson. Oh, of course. Don't talk about Jefferson, dude. Don't talk about Jefferson on this podcast. I can't do it. Does Jair own him? Does he own Jair? Should the Jordan Love pick have been Jefferson in the trade up? All that stuff. Um, the one the one thing that I do know the Packers identity of it's the defensive side of the ball, right? They want to play two high looks, all that stuff. Um, they're gonna play Penny more than probably anyone in the league. I thought it was interesting. You guys in your packet had them down with a super high blitz rate. Um, But I don't think Packers fans would think that they're blitzing a lot. And it's because they play so many five down fronts. Right. Right. It's five man fronts, but it's, it's, it's a blitz because it's more than five, but they're they're down a guy. And honestly entering this game, what I thought was really interesting was Quay Walker had was tied with uh, Kyle Hamilton for the, most uh, unblocked pressures in the league. So like they were kind of using him and, and uh, honestly, they, they, they walk him down a lot. Yeah, Right. Yeah. And it, like 
do those mugged fronts and thinking back to um, the big data bowl last year, uh, Joey Ferriola, Cody Alexander, and a few other guys had a project where they kind of were trying to show like, what is the probability of a guy rushing and then creating like cool scouting tools around that. And the example they used was none other than the Packers with uh, what's his name? Who's your starting linebacker? Uh, Devondre. Yeah. Campbell. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. Say. So uh, check that out if you haven't. It's a it's a very cool project. Um, but anyway, defense, two high looks, two high Green looks. Bay. I w- I want to see what their percentage is right now because I don't think that there's any publicly available data with with it's two 50, high. It's fifty six percent league average fifty three. So it's not it's not even yeah it's not even that crazy. No, interesting because that's what Packers fans bitch and moan about is these two high looks and they don't want to play off coverage and they don't want to do this and that. Um, LaFleur even said in the presser that um, today he was like, you know, we we, we got to get out of some of those shell coverages, um, you know, once a team is starting to run the ball. So I don't know if it's like a situational thing where it's. Yes. And you might be lining up like that, but you're also playing single high coverages. They're, they're spinning um, a lot into. Yeah. So yeah. like that's the four, you guys are playing single high. The coverage is at the fourth highest rate in the league. And it was, here, here's the shorthand for Packers fans. Because the Packers play so much penny, which is that five down front right. with one linebacker, right? And they play so much three, four, right? Every single time that, I mean, they really only do this with Preston Smith and now Lucas Van Ness a little bit, which is funny that they use those two guys. Every, anytime those guys don't drop into coverage, the Packers are in a, a pressure look. And you right. can't stay in that too high look. There, there's really no, I mean, unless you're going to do like fire zone stuff, like you can't stay in a too high look and send five at the same time. So the Packers, right. what they end up in is a whole lot of uh, three up, three under, which is like, think like cover three, but you have like one fewer shallow defender. The Packers yeah, are playing enough, a whole lot of that. You guys are 50% cover three, which I think is second highest. You're only behind, guess who? Uh. Let's go Staley. Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley. Of course. Come on. Bradley, right that's all he knows how to run. Yeah. Right in front of you. To be, to be fair, I forgot Gus Bradley is still gamefully employed yeah, yeah, by yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Um, so that, that includes three up three under looks, right? That yeah, includes just cover three. It's just, yeah, cover just the shell. Yeah. Three D. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the last question I have for you. Do you have any like kicker? Kick, we do. Kick, kicking points over expectations. Where's Anders Carlson versus the rookies? Because Anders in the summer, which is, you know, I mean, those things aren't recorded other than the preseason where he was a little shaky, but um, in practice, he was missing a whole lot. He's been perfect so far. Is he having the best season out of the rookies? How about this? Let's just not, let's just not talk just about rookies. He uh, ranks third overall in field goal percentage over expected. His average distance to the midpoint using the ball data uh, is 1.1 yards, which is a full half yard closer to the midpoint than the NFL average. Um, and this this last one is influenced by LaFleur, who's a great decision maker, um, and situational stuff. But nonetheless, still want to throw it out there. Packers have gained the uh, fifth most win probability on his field goals this season, plus 8.9%. Let's go. We we got a kicker. There you go. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for him to have a bad miss. Um, hopefully it doesn't I mean, come. Had, it, it, we're talking about a sample size of five, but right. Good so far. Good, good so, so far. far. Yeah. Now, let's, Rich Pisaccio plays against. Yeah. 
Rich Bisaccia goes against his brother and uh, his former team next week. So hopefully he doesn't miss one in uh, Vegas. I just want to, before we get out of here, um, this short episode, I, I, I don't, I don't know what more Packers fans would want out of this. Other Like your team played bad. That was a young team. Hopefully yeah. they don't do that again. Um, yeah. Hopefully I provided you guys some information and entertainment. I just want to give a recap on uh, kind of the injury updates that LaFleur gave out today. Um, one piece of big news, he said, uh, you know, Eric Stokes, hopefully he's going to come back and practice next week, which is, would be nice. I mean, they had to call up two, two practice squad uh, cornerbacks uh, in this game, just so that, you know, they, they were solid at that position because Keyshawn Nixon only plays in the slot. Um, he said, hopefully Jair Alexander's back. How's uh, Nixon a, doing, by the way? Because Nixon got hurt, right? Yeah, Nixon's doing fine. Um, yeah, Nixon, Nixon's doing fine. He he got roughed up on one of the uh, kick returns, I think. Um, hopefully Jair's back is fine, too. Um, I already mentioned Valentine wasn't benched because of an injury. That was just kind of a situational thing. They talked about that going into the game. Uh, Jones and Watson were on snap counts. Jones played 20 snaps, which was 30% of the offensive snaps. Uh, Watson played 26, which was 46%. Um, so hopefully they'll be full force by Monday night football. That's what, 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 uh, LaFleur said. Um, we already talked about Runyon being in the boot, which is not great. The last thing this team could afford is another injury on the offensive line. But I think, Again, I, I, I want to stress this again. I, I know Runyon and Tom had bad games yesterday or below standard games for, um, you know, the bar that they've set. I, I think some of that has to do with the injuries that they were playing through and the fact that it was a short week. Um, and then there's no update on Luke Musgrave's concussion, um, which is going to be a big one moving forward. I mean, I think DeGuara is probably the next man up. They have some packages for Kraft and they have some packages for Ben Sims. Um, but I think the down to down starter, if, if Musgrave is out is going to be the who probably should be an off ball tight end, not a true, you know, hand in the dirt. Why? I don't, I don't know what the Packers do moving forward. Um, as far as the offensive identity thing, like they got to be able to run the ball. Hopefully that gets better when the offensive line is healthier and Jones is healthier. I think they probably need to go into the RPO game a little bit more. Like the RPO games kind of disappeared and, that's something that they were really good at. And I think, you know, you just got to matriculate the ball downfield a little bit. They um, do not do that in the passing game right now. It's it's, yeah, all they, it's all or nothing. And it doesn't help. I mean, a lot of their runs are just getting stuffed, so they're having to do that. Um, right. So maybe the RPO game will, it will, you know, one hand washing the other in the, in that type of situation. So I'm hoping for more RPOs moving forward. Um, stay tuned to the feed. Uh, we're going to keep you updated with all the injuries and stuff. We should still have, you know, your normal weekly podcast next week leading up to that uh, Raiders game. Keegan, plug all your stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but just Prime Vision, please tune in on Thursdays. I think it's a really great viewing experience where you get to see the All-22. You yes. get to see cool stuff with our data and our good buddy Sam uh, doing some nice hits for some extra analysis. Um in general, uh, we are working with more broadcast crews than ever. Uh, we, we now work with every single CBS crew, um, the Fox A crew, and every primetime game. So you'll see our stuff everywhere, um, which is great. Uh, it's been really cool working a lot more closely with some of these crews this year, including Sunday Night Football and the CBS A crew. Um, so just make sure to look out for that. Make sure to uh Follow us on Twitter, Next Gen Stats, and just be on the lookout for the cool nuggets that we can give 
all across, you know, the media sphere. Yeah. Follow that Twitter account. Um, I try to retweet it whenever you send me some interesting stuff uh, that, you know, the, the Packers are involved in, but like just the little nuggets, right? Like last week it was um, the uh, tight coverage throws, right? Where the Packers right. tested two cornerbacks more than anyone else in the league has been tested on tight coverage in a single game, right? You know, for the 2023 season. Um, this past week, it was, you know, all the Musgrave snaps that he's been able yeah. to take a, take a hold of. Like, that stuff's fun. If you're following any of, like, the, you know, PFF or any of, the, like, the aggregator accounts that tweet out that kind of stuff, I mean, go follow Next Gen Stats. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Justice. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Go, Pat, go. Run RPOs. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.